Welcome to the Long-Legged Beastie Show. I don't know. I don't know why I'm singing. I'm just really happy because this is our first episode after our Patreon went live. And it's like we actually get to interact with the audience now. We've been kind of doing these in a vacuum for a little while, which is, I mean, fun. But it's, it's really, really cool now that the show is out in the wilderness and people are listening to it. Uh, I'm Susan Arndt. With me, as always, Brian Crescenti. Hello. And Adam Sessler. Hello, hello, hello. And we are people who love scary things and love talking about scary things and scary movies. And this is Long-Legged Beasties, the podcast that puts horror movies in their proper place. By which we mean what, Brian? Oh, spreadsheets. Lots and lots of spreadsheets. <laughs> what we mean is taxonomy. The spreadsheets are coming. Spreadsheets, taxonomy, all the things that make people go scared and, and hide under their sheets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we, try to, we try to take a movie and put it uh, within the genre of horror into subgenres. And then within that subgenre, put it into a sub-subgenre. Uh, so we've got, uh, what, seven? Seven overarching genres creature gore killer paranormal psychological science and nature and then uh, once we decide which one of those it fits into we then put it into the sub subgenre and and since we're all singing apparently uh during this episode i i've got a song one awesome. two freddy's coming for you <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so I'm so excited this week that we are doing this particular movie because this is the movie that introduced me to the social aspect of horror movies. The whole getting together with your friends to watch horror movies and how it's it's both bonding and cathartic and also oddly joyous to be together in that social way and how people's fear feeds each other and a movie that may not might be scary when you're by yourself is downright terrifying when when you're with your pals and then you all get to share in the oh we survived <laughs> and and that's great and uh, i i saw this in the theater many many times when i was in high school adam what are we talking about today yes this is the seminal 1984 horror movie nightmare on elm street directed by the very famous and unfortunately having left us too soon wes craven um, obviously, it's a very famous movie. It has a huge influence on so many other horror movies. Um, um, we're, we're assuming you've seen this before. If not, stop, go watch it. You need to watch it if you're listening to this podcast. But uh, for the benefit of giving a synopsis, I'm not going to actually follow the movie as it happens. Uh, I'm going to sort of make it a little bit more simple. So in a place that is not identified but has a street called Elm, I think, even though we never see the street sign, uh, once upon a time, there was an evil man named Fred Krueger, and he killed a lot of children. This, of course, upset the parentage in the area, and so they hunted him down and burned him alive. Uh, that made him upset. And so he has now returned. We, we can talk about exactly how much time has actually elapsed. I'm going to assume maybe 15 years later. Uh, but he's not returned in corporeal form. He is now infiltrating the dreams of the children of the parents that killed him and is killing them in their dreams. Uh, so the movie begins with four kids. Uh, there is Nancy, there is Tina, there is Rod, and there is Glenn played by a astonishingly young Johnny Depp. 
And uh, introducing Johnny Depp. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> introducing Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah. Movie begins with uh, four kids doing teenage your things like, you know, having the sex. And uh, Tina is suddenly killed with Rod locked in the room with her. Rod is blamed for this, even though it was Freddie who did it. Uh, he's arrested. Uh, everyone seems to think that they're all having the same dreams. They think it's all connected. Heather is trying to tell her dad, who's the policeman, or who's actually the, the chief of police in uh, this unnamed town, that it's not him. Uh, then Rod gets killed in his jail cell. Uh, Nancy, who is now the focus of the movie, is refusing to sleep because she knows if she sleeps, she's going to die. Her parents want her to sleep. They think she's losing her mind. She's not losing her mind. She doesn't know what to do. And then her boyfriend, Glenn, dies in still one of the most spectacular scenes ever made. So good. So good. Then Nancy is alone. She tries to hunt down Freddy. She does. She pulls him into the real world, uh, tries to fight him, which doesn't seem to be terribly successful. Uh, he kills her mom. And then she says, I don't believe in you. And then suddenly Freddie goes away. Uh, and then we get the uh, very famous twist ending where it's a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. Anyway, uh, hopefully that brought back some very strong memories of some of the uh, highlights of Beverly Elm Street. And I know that we will be hitting on those and all the others in our discussion. Uh, I, I just have one thing I want to say at the outset. Uh, I have watched this movie, I don't know how many times. I think that's probably true for the two of you. What I noticed in watching it now was, okay, when I saw it when I was 11, all these characters looked so old, they were teenagers. And now they just look like children to me. And it, it just, <laughs> it, it, it really drove home something. I just really couldn't get that out of my head. Um, what, 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 what did you think about uh, seeing this for what, the umpteenth time? I, so here's what's really, really interesting. I, in much the same way that when you think of the Saw movies, you think of all the traps and jigsaw and and all that stuff. And then you go back and you watch the first song. It's like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't like that, really. Very, very similar yep. with this. I hadn't seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street in gosh knows how long. But I went and rewatched it before we did this podcast. And it's all the stuff I thought I remembered about it. Not there. The whole, you know, Freddy cracking wise and, and being this larger than life antagonist, not there. He's, he has very, very few lines in the movie. He has, he's not, it's not about him being Fred Krueger. It's just this force. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is a, you know, he's a person and he shows up as a person, but he doesn't have very, very many lines. You don't see his face all that often. He's not really a character so much as just the bad guy. And uh, that was very surprising to me. And he's also in in later films. I think it gets added in that he was also a child molester. Yes. And he's not. That's not in the original movie. He he's a child murderer. He he kills a bunch of kids. Gets off on a technicality, and that's why the parents go all yeah. are, uh, go all vigilante on him. Um, so I was I was really very surprised by that. Also. Uh, Tina is supposedly 15 years old <laughs> in this movie. No, mm -mm. no. But I was always surprised uh, at Nancy comes off as a very much an 80s 15 year old girl. Yeah. She wears exactly the right clothes. She says the right things. Like it's one of the best portrayals of a teenager that I've ever seen by a, you know, grown adult. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I I too 
just uh, rewatched the movie. I actually wa- rewatched it uh, with my wife, who had never seen it before, and my son, who's 19, who had never seen it before. Um, and it was really interesting. First off, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Susan. The Mandela effect of this movie, it is so bizarre. There are so many things that I swear to God happened in this first movie that absolutely didn't. Um, where I was just like, what? I like, is this, I actually at one point was like, is this a different cut or something? <laughs> no, no pun intended. Um, but there are a couple things. So first off, I think some of that has to do with, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the sort of dreamlike surreal nature of the movie that it's sort of, mm. there's a lot of implication that you sort of absorb. Uh, but also there are, of course, there is this franchise now, which I'm sure we've all seen. Uh, so you yep. remember some of that, but there are some other interesting things like, for instance, the child molester issue. That's what he was, he was written as a child molester and they actually, uh, I think it was the, uh, production company. Somebody told them you need to dial it down and they made him instead a murderer. Um, in the remake, the 2010 remake, they made him a child molester again. So some of that does get a little like conflated if you've seen all these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, it, it's interesting because when I think of Nightmare on Elm Street, I think probably in my mind, I'm probably thinking a little more about maybe movies like Dream Warrior, where yeah. there's a yeah. lot more interaction. This one is a lot of setup. Um, and, yes. and it's great. I will say there are some scenes that, you know, seen in the light of day as somebody who's in their 40s and who's already seen the movie did make me giggle a little bit. Like there's a scene where, where Freddy stretches his arms out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I where love he does that a- scene. Yeah, but the, it's the like so goofy. Like, it's so goofy. Stre- he stretches st- them so they're like each arm is six feet yeah. long. So he's spanning the entire street just to make it clear that you can't get away. See, right. I love that when I was young and I still love it now because that really to me is more the dream logic, like more of those subtle yeah. discomforting things rather than yeah. say what happens in the later uh, nightmare movies where he's highly orchestrated, you know, I'm going to slam your head into a television set that's my mouth or something like that. I, I remember right. that, oh, but it, it's right after that moment when he chases Tina, I believe, the way he runs, it's just kind of raggedy. Yeah. It, 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 it's, yeah. It, there, there's nothing elegant about it. And it, it, yeah. it, 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 once again, I found, I, I had never noticed that before, but I, f- I found it more off-putting than if he was either kind of just darting towards you or showing up behind you or, or something like that. There's, there, there seems to be all these small touches that, that Craven seems to be bringing to this to just make it a little bit different than what even I thought I remembered it as. Like, mm-hmm. Nightmares always kind of grouped together with Friday the 13th. Uh, not so much Halloween, but a, a lot of the Teenagers in Peril movies from the 80s. Sure. And, and what really got to me is, yes, there are teenagers in the movie, but it's all about Heather. Lagging camp. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Nan- Nancy Thompson, played by Heather Lagging Camp. Yeah. And it is quite impressive when you consider the typical acting chops of people who do movies like this in the 80s that she really can hold this movie. And you start to she's really amazing. see her as someone who does not who doesn't know if she's going crazy or not, and just feels this persistent and incredible terror like throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. yeah one of the just because you only because you brought it up, I swore I was not going to bring up any of the sequels, but because you brought up the remake, the remake would the remake implies that the parents have it wrong. There's this question that they're wrong about <coughs> Freddy, and they they killed 
an innocent man. And the movie would have been so much better if it would have stuck with that. Right. Because then that's then like you have made this monster. Yeah. But yeah. then they find a box full of pictures and it's like, oh, well, uh, anyway. <laughs> I it's that's why I have to. It, it's interesting. Um, I think when you look at what the movie's trying to do, there's so many things that I, I first off, I love movies that play around with dream logic uh, and play around with the sort of, you know, reality like are is what you're what's happening right now the reality or is it some sort of dream or is it some other altered reality I, I love that they do that and they really lean into it um but the other thing they do is they did sort of um cast somebody who is very much not the villain like compared to the villains of his age like you know these these hulking slow moving mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. really ever hiding like forces of nature and then you've got freddy krueger who's like this little weaselly dude who's like darting around and making jokes and turning into a phone to lick your face like it's it's great i love it um the the phone licking the face i mean that's the other part and this kind of goes to what you were saying susan how they toned it down from or i think you, you said it brian they toned it down from travel lesser to child killer but the latent sense of threat Definitely sexualized, you know, for for Ooh, Heather. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, it's. It, 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 I find that so much more effective. I actually decided to go watch all the Wes Craven movies he made up into uh, up until um, Nightmare on Elm Street because I see Nightmare on Elm Street so much, and I was curious to see how he evolved. Oh, interesting. Okay, and definitely the first two movies, Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, are um, not, they're very intense movies, and yeah. they are very explicit sexual threat uh the next yeah, two the, yeah. the next three movies are just weird although the bathtub scene was actually replicated in a movie i never knew he made called uh deadly blessing oh yeah if, yeah. if you want to see a crazy Ernest borgnine <laughs> as, a, as kind <laughs> of like a, a nutty really? amish cult leader this is your movie uh and that's probably one, the only reason that? to see this movie <laughs> But, um, as you know, throughout those, there's still sort of sexual tension. He does um, Swamp Thing, which is Swamp Thing. Uh, and then Hills Have Eyes, too, which is a movie that he disowned. But it's the first time he actually really deals with sort of young characters as the focal point of the movie. And then you get this amazing jump, really in quality and technical skill and just everything into Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and I can't remember where I was going with that, but I just wanted to uh, throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> the there, there, there. There is this sort of interesting theme that he both sort of elaborates on and tones down by the time he gets to um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I, I think there is, uh, and, and you could see this in a lot of his early movies too. There's absolutely, this is like Freud the movie. There are so oh, many, yeah. oh my God, the, the bathtub scene, the way he kills people, the phone. There are so many sexual, sexually suggestive and overt, sexually overt things going on in this movie. Um, I kind of, in my mind, maybe this is a good transition point to talking about, you know, what's scary about it. But I think in many ways, this is a movie that was talking about, you know, two things. Like, first off, dealing with your father's or mother's sins, because like yeah. they're all mm-hmm. paying the price for what their parents did. They had nothing to do with this. Um, and, and their parents are all terrible people. At least the parents we see, even the cops, oh, not I so disagree great. with that. Really? I, I, I like definitely Heather's parents. I mean, most of the other parents are barely present. Uh, uh, Glenn's, Glenn's father drunk, is not, dude. well, the thing is the, the way I look at them and, you know, she's an alcoholic 
the I think the implicit sense is she's still dealing with the guilt of what she did. Um, and but both parents, they're not cruel to Heather. They seem to just care. And I got more of the sense in just this time that they seem very frustrated that they can't be parents to help their child who refuses to sleep and is going through all of this trauma during these very, very intense three days. I, I, I think it was more sympathetic to them than I remembered where I see them just as kind of these archetypes of people that don't believe them. And, and, and the one other thing I wanted well, to add to that is the temptation I would imagine was in this movie was for Freddie to just gaslight Nancy and you never get oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. That like once she says there's this Fred Krueger, you know, like there's there's never that scene where she's like, I almost got him. It's like the, the snuffle up, I guess. Where it's like he's he's here, he's yeah, here, and yeah. then he disappears. Like it, it, it's yeah. like there really is a sense that they're concerned about her and she's concerned about herself because she can't tell if this is really happening or not. The going back to what you said about watching it as a teenager versus watching it as an adult, what's so funny is the perspective change yeah. because as when I'm a te- when I'm in high school and I'm watching this, it's why won't you just listen to her? Yeah. <laughs> she is, she's telling you what is happening. Why won't you listen to her? And then now that I'm a, a parent age person, it's well, of course it's, you, you think she just needs a, a good night's sleep and you just want her to go to sleep and then everything will be fine because obviously she's just, she's having a, a moment because her, her friend got murdered. But here's uh, so, so one really interesting difference uh i think between you see he chases tina he 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 plays with tina a lot but rod and glenn he just kills yeah he likes to which is very interesting yeah it's because that also adds to the whole sexualized threat like the boys he just wants the boys out of the way yeah Yeah. but the girls he wants to toy with and 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 play with and you know the 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 tub scene with yeah the you know the the hand coming up in between her legs and the thing on the phone but it's also interesting tina is the sexual girl she's having sex with her boyfriend in her parents bed yep whereas nancy keeps turning glenn down yeah And I think, you know, Nancy's like, oi, focus, boy. You know, we got problems here. Well, we know and that. I, and oh, I, I'm sorry. I think that's mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably uh, part of why Freddie likes playing with her more. Because she's literally not easy. I, I think also uh, Wes Craven, you know, he, uh, he he likes folklore mythology. And this, I think, just mm. calls back something like, you know, uh, Red, Red Riding Hood, where you know, the, the, the wolf is regarded as kind of the fear and the, mm-hmm. I, I guess, attraction of, of, you know, becoming an adult, having sex and something like that. And, and I think that, you know, you, you're absolutely right because Heather is, what, what's the word we use nowadays? I guess virginal. Um, that, you know, there, there <laughs> is this not, kind no, she's of she's not threat. virginal. <laughs> she, she's just... <laughs> a fully realized character who doesn't exist, so unlike most women yeah. in horror movies, she doesn't exist solely to take her top off right. and and screw the hero. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and Freddie is like corner. that anxiety also, I think, of adolescence, of knowing there's this thing right. that, you know, obviously teenagers are talking about and, you know, some are doing it, some are not, that, you know, he, he really does take on that kind of very simple Freudian, you know, quality. I, I, one of the things I love about this movie is that there is such a stark turn 
where Nancy's like, oh my God, oh my God, I saw this thing. Am I going crazy too? I'm going to check out a book on how to make booby traps and turn <laughs> bulbs into grenades. And then he becomes home alone. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm going to drag him into reality and kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. You know, one of the, the, the details I noticed, which is very, this one's just weird and it has nothing to do with any of the themes or anything we're talking about. It's just strange to me. If you describe physically, if you describe Freddy Krueger, like what, what does the guy look like? This is a man wearing a red and green striped sweater. And she always says he has a dirty hat. Doesn't mention the sweater at all. It's just he has a filthy hat. Really? That's where you're going? I think the, first? the knives on the hands would be the first thing I'd mention. <laughs> That's also that, there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, 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 that does yeah. stand out. I, um, as to the sweater, I once saw Wes Craven speak, and he said he chose that sweater because the eye does not like that combination. It's oh. like it, it has a hard time kind of, I guess, delineating the two different colors. And so it's, it's kind of agitating. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's ugly. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I would, I would you know burn alive anybody who's wearing that hideous thing like no sorry your taste is terrible <laughs> i'm gonna set your house on fire you're probably so, a killer. sorry so is freddy krueger a ghost hmm that's an interesting question because he my unless i mean th- actually i think i think in watching the movie that there are actually some occasions where it's breaking its own inner logic i feel like there's yes. at least one scene where he manages to manifest something outside of the dream world. But of course, that kicker, the end of the movie where it's a dream within a dream within a dream, maybe he doesn't. But it, wait a minute. If he has to be like, in your- okay, what, well, like what? Like what does he manifest outside the dream world? Because the thing is, half the time you can't tell if someone's asleep or not. Right. Well, for instance, the very beginning, the, the claw marks on her um, nightgown, like, Oh, sure. Right? So that's sure. the reality. So it's not like if you die in your dreams, you'll be dead. It's like if you cut your finger in your dreams, you'll wake up and you're bleeding. Right. And then Nancy has that she burn, has burn on her but, arm. But, but the, the, the phone scene, the tongue on the phone, that – it seems well established that Nancy is awake at that moment. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so – I mean, I, again, I guess you could defend it by saying that this whole thing is encapsulated within a dream that we didn't realize was there. Um, but if if you're, if the notion is, if the premise is that Freddy Krueger is a being that can only kill you in your dreams, which seems to be sort of the premise of the entire series, then the question is, does that make him mm. a ghost or something else? Hmm. I think, well, let's see. He's dead, obviously. He doesn't, but I mean, okay, wait, but can you, but she, she brings him out of her dream. Can you, can you, can you, can, well. And does she? I guess. Because it's again, it's a dream within a dream. So maybe she didn't. This is like Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm starting to think about like. I mean, okay. It depends on what you think of when you think think about it. It's a haunting. There's no question about that. He's right, deliberately right, right, targeting right, right. these people. Okay. Wait, is it a haunt? Is it a haunting or a possession? Or do we think those go together? Or, or is it is it a some sort of creature who is uh, going after somebody like you know a werewolf? But in this case, he's a dream creature. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you know where I'm headed. No, I've got no, my spreadsheet I, I, out. I, 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 it's I, not I science, Brian. It's not science. 
Brian thinks everything is science. Oh, I, oh, I was thinking it was kind of a creature. Creature? Well, that's what, what I'm saying. It could be creature. I mean, the it's easy not- one is paranormal, right? Like a lot of things cover yeah, paranormal, but it could be yeah. creature. But I, I feel like creature, in my mind, it can't be one. It can't be a one-off. There have to be others, like a, a singular creature. This goes back to the stupid rules that I that we were discussing <laughs> before. Like, if there is a creature that is known as a Freddy Krueger, are there more than one of him? No, okay, I, 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 I don't understand that rule because, like, let, let's say uh, there's only one Bigfoot creature from the Black Lagoon. Like that's that's go. a single creature, and I think we would ha- like we would be hard pressed to say it wasn't a creature. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, you got me there. Yeah. You got me there, Adam. And, and and the reason that I'm kind of tempted towards creature with this really is because of what happens in the successive movies. That here he really is so much less of a personality than it's kind true. of a thing that is just like it has one drive and it's to ruin you and kill you. But but. Eh, but he is going after specifically uh, uh, that's after a, yeah, that's a, these kids. And if it's a creature, then it's just, you know, yeah. whatever. It's not going to go like, oh, I'm not going to kill you, but I will kill the person next to you because your parents did a thing 15 years ago. Right. I see. Yeah. I would go more towards killer because, because there are, especially if you look at the series, he can come mm-hmm. back to the real world and be a person. When he comes back, He's still the same person. He's still Freddy Krueger with the knives on his hands. So he just happens to be a killer who is dead, but not a ghost. But, oh, he's not a ghost. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you deal with anything that happens after this movie. Okay. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. Okay. That's not fair. But like, yeah. I still think like um, I don't know. I just the fear. I mean, getting back to like the crux of of the right, these right. genres. Like, what you're afraid of isn't a haunting. You're afraid of this guy who's essentially a serial killer. And he's just a serial yeah. killer with some crazy abilities. See, where I come down, what I what I find uh, afraid it, for me. Oh God! Now, oh, I'm making I'm making Brian's point for him uh, <laughs> because I'm when I'm watching this movie, I was thinking it had more in common with Jaws than say Friday the Thirteenth because it's. I mean, obviously, yeah, you have this thing that will kill you. But what you're really afraid of is yes. Like, so you're saying creature. Sleep, you, you're saying you, creature. Is I I am. Oh well, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> because because you can't you can't avoid going to sleep. What about parent? You go to sleep and then this thing attacks you and you can't avoid that. Okay. So that's where the fear comes from is having to go to this place where this thing might kill you. What if the fear is not the creature or the killer, but it's dreams? What if what you're afraid of is what happens in your dreams and not necessarily that it's Freddy oh, Krueger in your dreams? That's true. That's true. I, okay, well, well, I think, and I was really getting into this when I was watching it, and what I, I think I found the most, I wouldn't say scary, but I think I could have found scary when I was younger, is Elm Street itself. This is like, these are teenagers who are trying to you know, break out. And you, you know, like they're putting bars on the windows. Obviously, they're throwing Rod into jail. You never really get outside of this very, very 1950s Burbank environment. And in essence, dreams would typically be a way for these kids to escape the confines of, of, of what of, of their parents controlling them. And unfortunately, now that's become filled with threat. Oh, that's interesting. And we don't have environment 
is kind of as, as, as a theme, but it was something I was starting to play with in my head that like, it's huh. it, what, what's really causing so much of the anxiety and the trauma is that they don't, like the, the, very, the, the very little agency that they're allowed is just filled with threat. But, but that not that then dreams? Isn't that the thing? Because they're not afraid of the waking world. They're afraid of the thing no. that they use to yeah. escape the waking world. Yeah. So yeah. maybe psychological. Maybe it's a psychological. Mm, I still think it's closer to being ghost than psychological. Because you, I mean, because, okay. If you, what, what are you afraid of? You're afraid of falling asleep. No, you're not afraid of falling asleep. You're afraid of dreaming. Because dreams kill you. Yeah. Right. There, the, there is the underlying fear that maybe everything that's happening isn't really happening because you've gone crazy. Yeah. But, that, but it, it is a, no, it's a Nancy, paler, it's a paler fear compared to the others. Yeah, because I feel like once Nancy actually see, like she sees Rod die. Right. Then I feel like she's like, okay, I'm not losing my mind. This is actually happening. So... I don't feel, I feel like that's not a fear for very long in the movie. Uh, I think that she finally gets her confidence when she pulls the hat out and her mom is mm. like, oh dear, oh no, gigs up, Fred Krueger. Like then yeah. she knows, yeah, well, okay, yeah. hold on, there's, this is connected to something that actually happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. This is a tough one. Uh, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was like, well, he's yeah. a killer. Duh. Yeah. This is a tricky one. But I guess one. he could, because he's dead. The fact that he's dead makes it really, wait a minute, then what about, oh, Jason's dead too. Yeah, Jason is dead. Well, Jason though, he's dead, but that's, not that we want to start talking about this about Friday the 13th, but he's in many ways a reanimated corpse. Like he's not a spirit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, Okay. So, uh, Adam or Susan, oh, wait, or, or both of you, please, again, uh, make the case for Creature. Because I, I like the idea, but I'm still not quite grasping why it's Creature versus Killer or Paranormal. Um, I, I, I guess it just doesn't feel paranormal to me. I, and I think it's because it of the sense of intent. Either, and I know that, like, you know, obviously a haunting, there's, there's intent there, but it's kind of like, Say something like The Conjuring. It's just like, you know, here's something that you've disturbed and it's upset. And in this, you know, it's a creature. And, and, and kind of uh, think about The Mummy, like the old Universal movie. It's like it's going after certain people. It's not just like I'm going to go get everybody. I'm going to get these people that disturb my crypt. And I, I think it, it really is. And I don't think we would. I, I think we would struggle to say it was anything other than a creature. Um that, that, that's kind of where my mind is. I, I guess I like, there is something more mindless about Freddy Krueger in this one particular iteration yes. that really stood yeah. out to me. And that's why I started yeah. to lean more towards Creature. You know, you yeah. T if you haven't watched the movie in a while and you think we're all nuts because you're like, <laughs> why are you talking about it? Yeah. Really, go back and watch this one it. because yeah. Freddy is, you could have actually gone through the entire movie without giving him a name and it wouldn't have mattered because he's just not the same kind of character that he evolved into yeah. in the sequels. He's just this evil force. I don't think it's paranormal because it takes place in dreams. Right. Because all the weird manipulation that's happening 
can app, you could go to sleep tonight and and have one of these exact dreams. You wouldn't wake up, you know, on the ceiling covered in blood the way Tina does, hopefully. But up until that point, all of it is possible. So I don't that's why I reject paranormal. All right. So creature, I, I'm starting to come around here because of a couple of things. First off, the mummy, and I think, I can't remember if we've talked about this in the podcast before, but we've talked about it. The mummy is singular. In in those classic movies, there is one mummy. So, you know, changed, you know, fast forward 100 years from now, and people think that Freddy Krueger is part of a religion that actually existed. And oh. he could be he could be the mummy of of you know some future generation. The, the point that I'm, is a fascinating point. Yeah, it's like yeah. There's one. It's a weird point, but it's one. He's a one off, just like the mummy. And then you think about things like you know um, werewolves. Werewolves. There, sure, there's more than one of them, but traditionally, it's the wolf man. Yeah, it's a wolf man, and. They are, they're hunting and they're going after their, I guess their, uh, impetus is different, but it's not, um, no, I guess, I guess werewolf's a bad example. I was going to say, uh, but werewolf, werewolves traditionally are out there hunting wildly. It's a loss of control. So, but I think mummy is a really good Mummy is a really good analog because, and because what was the problem, the thing, the problem I was having is creature is not, is by definition non-human. Right. And, and Freddy is a person, at least that's how he started, but that's how the mummy started as well. The mummy was a person who then became a thing. Right. Because of stuff. Death. So Freddy tradition. was a, a, a human. <laughs> well, and like shoes. Yeah, Godzilla. I mean, there's like, you look at the giant monsters, a lot of those fit into that, into that sort of category as well. Um, you know. One day we'll probably do it follows and that'll be another question that's like this. It's got, it's a thing created by some experience that has a singular sort of purpose. Uh, in Freddie's case, again, not, I think it's, it's an important thing to say that we're not looking at the other movies because it, yeah, it changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in yeah. this movie, he has one purpose and that is to kill the children of the people that killed him. Yep. And although one, you have to wonder why did he wait so long? Yeah, well, because he, he wanted to make sure they were old enough to be heartthrobs. <laughs> um, okay, okay, I, I, I have to comment on this because this is the one thing that I've always struggled with with this movie, and I think it's also this is true for the two of you. Growing up as a child of the eighties, you know, this movie is kind of based on all the child abduction anxiety that yeah. pervaded yeah. the early eighties. Yeah. You know, uh, you know yeah. the back of the milk carton and everything like that. Um, yeah. They act like the kids have no idea who this Fred Krueger was, but he ostensibly killed 20 kids in a boiler room. And it couldn't have been that long ago because their parents had to still be adults to track him down and burn him alive. But somehow Mm -hmm. he's been erased from all memory, which is, you know, I I completely go with the movie. I don't care. But that one is always just like, like, how did this work? They only know it through a vague nursery rhyme that's so malevolent that it would probably make me ask questions <laughs> at the age of four. So, okay, well, okay, I can actually kind of answer that one. Okay. It's important that none of them have older brothers or sisters. Oh. None of these, they all, none of them have siblings at all. And uh, there's, remember, there's no internet at the time. Yeah. So what you learn as a child is what you learn in school, what your friends tell you, and what your parents tell you. And you don't, at that time, you your entire existence was the block where you lived, 
really, and and school. So it's possible. Like if the, if these if they were four and five when this happened, which I think we think they were, or they were even babies. Yeah. Then yeah, I can see them not having any idea. Thank you. Of that this Thank you, event Susan. Happened. I am finally going to get a good night's sleep tonight. Because this one, this one has <laughs> just, I, I struggled with since probably 1985. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're completely right, Susan. Like, I think it's easy, even, uh, we're all, I think, children of that era, the three of us, I mean. Yep. And mm-hmm. it, we even forget, I know I do, how different it was back then when you couldn't just pick up your phone and yeah. either have it pushed at you or look it up. Like, back then, it was like, you got your information from... Local your news. teachers, yeah. your, your, I mean, I didn't watch local news. When well, was, your parents had it on oh, or God something no. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, and if your yeah, parents didn't, didn't want to tell you. and I was a kid. What did yeah, I care? Right. Exactly. Even at that age, like you were too busy going, you know, to see movies, horror movies about <laughs> a nightmare in Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So uh, like I'm, if you two are down with it, I'm okay with this being Creature. I think so. I think not not in the later movies at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. Then he's a killer. But this, I think, is a creature movie. Okay, so that's the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because we don't have a subgenre, at least one that's been created uh, for whatever this would be. Like, I guess we could call it, the others would be things like werewolf or vampire zombies or, you know, giant monsters. Boogeyman. Bo- oh, I like that. What was that, Susan? Boogeyman. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was about to say, I think we've drawn the two distinctions between creature with intent and creature, like you said, with werewolves, that's just kind of untamed need or something. It's just like, you know, as long as it's fleshy, I'm going to bite it. I like yeah, I like yeah, Boogeyman yeah. a lot. Yeah. So that would be that would include a slew of movies, um, Candyman. Yep. Maybe maybe I, Friday the We we don't want to go through a bunch, but there are other movies that could fall under that category. Yep, for sure. Wow. Wow, this, we I just wrapped like, that up. <laughs> I know we wrapped that up very quickly. I thought this was going to go on for a while, but that's awesome. All right, so it's is it in the spreadsheet? Okay, I'm gonna hold on, hold on a second. Okay, we said we said creature. Oh, I can feel the magic of Excel coursing through me. (laughs) (laughs) And boogeyman. All right. Format freeze cells. It's there. Oh, and I have to say, we watched it. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) 1984, and I'm on Elm Street. Creature feature, and it's a boogeyman creature feature. I like it. I love it. You know, I love going into these discussions thinking, oh, well, this is going to take like 10 minutes because it's obvious what it is. And then an hour later, I've completely changed my mind. And we've gone over things that I never would have thought of. And I I love how that keeps happening. And that's why these are such fun conversations to have. And they are made possible by our beautiful patrons. Thank you so much, everybody who supports the podcast. Yes, uh, fantastic. If, you, if this is your first time listening to Long-Legged Beasties and you would like to throw some support our way, you can find us at patreon.com slash long-legged beasties. We have some people in particular that we would like to give a shout out to this week. Adam, All right. who are those lovely folks? Let's do it. These are the awesome people that hit the level. Is it $10? Is that correct? Or $20? $20. $20 backers. And they get a shout out. All right, here we go. Mac Cave. That's Mac, M-A-K. Uh, that is an awesome name. 
I just want to point Mac that out. Knife. I didn't Mac uh, the knife. see, which is, and yeah. I'm a Kurt Vile fan because I'm still a nerd. Uh, but thank you so much, Mac. We really, really appreciate it. Moving on, we have Michael Thomas. Michael, you are a hero. You probably, well, don't wear a cape except indoors. If you go outdoors with a cape, people might be concerned. But anyway, Michael, you know thank what, you so much. You do you. You want to wear you a cape, wear you a cape, wear that. Yeah, you, wear a cape. you be you, but Michael. make sure to wear a mask these days. Don't let Adam tell yes, you please. how to dress. Yes, okay. uh, yeah. Trust me, never let me yeah, tell you how point. to dress. You don't want to <laughs> no. know what I look like right now. I don't want to know what I look like right now. <laughs> All right, and finally, Glenn White. Hello, Glenn. Um, Glenn is a friend, I think, of many people on the show, and we greatly, greatly, yes. greatly appreciate your support. Uh, pass the word on in the office. All right, yes. back to you, Susan. Thank you to our wonderful $20 patrons and you for everybody else who's a $5 patron and up, you get to help decide the movie that we watch for next week. And that will be part of the discussion. So if you go to uh, our Patreon page, there should be a post there with a poll on it where you can vote and help decide what we're going to talk about next week. Because, I mean, if you leave it up to us, well, I mean, then it's all your fault, honestly, what happens after that. So take charge, take control of your entertainment, and let us know uh, what you want to see. And if we're not hitting on a movie that you think we absolutely should talk about uh, because you either you just think it's a really, really great movie that we haven't seen or you're trying to figure out what its proper place is, let us know. You can either uh, hit us up on Twitter at BeastiesLL. You can send us a comment on our Patreon page, or you can uh, just reach out to one of us uh, individually on Twitter. Adam, where can the lovely people find you? Ah, they can find me on the Twitters. I am at Adam Sessler. That is my name. Brian. You can find me at B or on the website padandpixel.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt. Or you can even, if you're a, a more long-winded kind of person, as I am, you can send us an email to letters at longleggedbeasties.com. We 100% want to hear from you because we love talking about this stuff. And your support means everything to us. So thank you so much. If you can't financially support us at this point, we totally get it. Share this with somebody that you think is into horror movies and who might get a kick out of spread it. Spread the word. And that's all. Spread the yes. word. Tell your mom. And then she'll say what the hell is wrong. With <laughs> I think that does it for this week on long legged beasties. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Hope you have a good time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 